politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Wow, the show Yellowstone crushing it, the most watched show on television. The numbers aren't even close. You know why? It's not woke. That's why. When are when is entertainment corporations really going to realize now nobody wants woke? They don't want it. It doesn't work. Shows like Yellowstone work. It is good. I'll tell you what. It is good. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here today. Thank you for being here. The Pope says extramarital relations may not be that bad of a sin. Mmm, look at that. Extramarital relations, he says. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that uh, the Pope was very upset that European countries are now saying holidays instead of Christmas. He would call them dictators. He said that's what dictators do. Speaking of dictators, the... Uh, the issue of China and the Olympics. What do we do about China and the Olympics, in your opinion? What do we do? Do we boycott China? Do we not send the athletes? You know, I'm not a fan of ever making Hitler comparisons, but it's hard not to make the historical comparison of when the United States of America chose to participate in the Olympics in Berlin, and many people think that that helped normalize Adolf Hitler. I don't know if it did or not. I'm not really sure about that, but what I do think is interesting is we live in a time now where so many corporations will do whatever China wants them to do. They are terrified of upsetting China. And we see that. We see it all the time. We see it play out in ways that I think you and I both sometimes shake our heads at and go, how do they they just turn a complete and utter blind eye to exactly the human rights abuses that everybody around the world knows they're doing and we pretend like it's not there? You know, we we pretend like it's just not really happening. Uh, you know, by the way, cable news ratings, the five on Fox News dominates everything. Total viewers and everything. Tucker Carlson still c- killing it at night. When, what, when, when do corporations realize and wake up that you don't have to hide from conservatism and you don't have to hide, you don't have to embrace woke. It doesn't sell. You don't have to do these things. When? When? Now, Jake Tapper may take over for the lesser Cuomo. He may get that slot at 9 o'clock. I got to give the guy credit. He unloaded on China. He unloaded on Hollywood. He unloaded on all these hypocrites. It's one of those moments in journalism you want to go, wow, that's... Because, I mean, CNN, like every other news entity out there, is owned by a big corporation that wants to make money in China. So, you know, for them to ever speak out on this stuff takes a lot of guts, right? And Jake let him have it. He lit him up. This past week, the Women's Tennis Association did something that few other athletic organizations or corporations in general have been willing to do, criticize the Chinese government and take serious steps to protest its brutality. Now, this began weeks ago when Chinese tennis champion Peng Shui accused a former top Chinese government official of sexual assault. Quote, Even if it is like an egg hitting a rock, or if I am like a moth drawn to the flame, inviting self-destruction, I will tell the truth about you, unquote, she wrote on Chinese social media. And that post vanished within 30 minutes. And then, so did she. The WTA not only spoke out against this injustice, it decided to suspend all tournaments in China because of its treatment of Peng Shui. 
we walk away from this, we're basically telling the world that not addressing sexual assault with the respect and seriousness it requires is okay because it's difficult to do. That's something that we simply cannot happen and it's not what we stand for as an organization. Now, not only is the International Olympic Committee, which will hold the 2022 Winter Games in China, not only is the IOC not raising its voice in solidarity and protest, the IOC is helping the Chinese government by providing them cover. On November 21st and then again last Wednesday, the IOC told the world that they had held video calls with Peng Shui. Yeah, they lied about this. I mean, that's the thing. The International Olympic Committee, and they lied about this. And, and, and this, this entire issue of Peng Shui being accused of sexually, of accusing the former uh, vice premier of sexually assaulting her, and she can't speak out. She, she can't speak. Her claims are censored. And the brutality here that is covered up by whether it's the International Olympic Committee, whether it is Hollywood, Apple, Nike, he actually said, and I give him credit for it, he said, of course, Apple and Nike publicly claim to decry slave labor, but to be clear, the behavior we're seeing from a U.S. corporation is not about a company surviving. It's about discontent with just hundreds of millions of dollars instead of billions of dollars. I mean, it's, 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 that, it's that big of a gap. It's losing billions of dollars. That's what's at stake here. And he also listed off several instances where Hollywood caved to China. Was, I mean, like I said, it, you got to give the guy credit for it. It's an important moment to be able to say this stuff. And I'm shocked he's going to get the 9 p.m. slot, to be honest with behavior you. behavior we are seeing from U.S. corporations is not about a company surviving. It's about discontent with just hundreds of millions of dollars, desiring instead billions of dollars. And those riches, they create blinders so that you get comments like this one about the Chinese government this past week from billionaire hedge fund manager Ray Dalio. As a top-down country, what they're doing is that it's that kind of like a strict parent. They behave like a strict parent, and they go through that. That is their approach. We have our approach. A strict parent, just like, you know, Casey Anthony. Even companies that here in the... And by the way, Dalio's the guy that wrote the book Principles. It's kind of it's a big leadership book, and it's all about how to how to live a great life and everything. Think about that. That's that's what a guy like that, who's a business leader in America, views how China treats its people, just like parents, like parents. You know what I mean? So I, it's funny because these are the same companies that will jump all over a bathroom bill and will be the first ones to call for a boycott if you criticize the biological male who won the swimming competitions at Penn State, swimming as a girl. If you say those things, you're, you're out. You're done. They'll boycott you. They'll walk away. They'll run from it. I mean, just think about the woke advertising that's out there, woke television commercials, woke shows, et cetera, et cetera. Never, ever, ever does it go down the road of China ever. Right? Easy to do a hashtag on Twitter and wait for some guy to, to try to cancel you. A little bit tougher now to actually say something about China, which is why I'm giving Jake Tapper this tremendous credit for doing this. And why I'm going to keep playing it, because it deserves to be heard. U.S. pride themselves on progressive values. Will whitewash for gold. For a Chinese release, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange turned a major Tibetan character into a Celtic one, reportedly for fear of offending China. Here's Tom Cruise's iconic bomber jacket in Top Gun from 1986, which includes 
a flag of Taiwan patch. And here's Paramount's replacement patch. Decidedly not Taiwan for next year's sequel. Now, I'm going to tell you, I didn't know that about about Doctor Strange. I didn't know, and I'm bummed about that because, you know, I'm a huge Marvel guy. But I'm also not surprised because Disney owns the franchise now. And Disney bought Marvel, and now Disney owns Marvel. And Disney is, I always joke, I say, what do I say? I say, ABC Disney China. That's what I always say. ABC Disney China. And they're all about making sure that they can make money on those screens in China. So I'm not surprised by it. I, I would I would be remiss to say that I was. And the flag, the issue of the flag on on the jacket, think about Tom Clancy's book, Red Storm Rising, which had to do with China and also Russia in World War III. Think of, uh, I used to play this game years and years ago. It was called Red Alert, and China was the bad guy in the game, and they they would they can't make those movies anymore. I mean, like, right? There's no, no. The only bad guy you're allowed to have, well, you could have white supremacists, I guess Russia, technically. But that only depends. I mean, if, if Vladimir Putin does not listen to Joe Biden, he's not going to, then you won't be able to make Russia a bad guy either. You see how that's how that that's how that'll work. Here's Disney in the credits for Mulan thanking the publicity department of the Chinese Communist Party in Xinjiang, where the cultural genocide is happening. Yeah. I Disney, talked about course, that on the show. Bought the rights to The Simpsons for its streaming service. And this last week, we learned that this 2005 episode, which shows The Simpsons. I told you about this is when they actually take out a piece of the show where they joke about on this site where Tiananmen Square happened, nothing happened. And they edited that out. Again, not only these corporations cover for China, but they actually they help censor for China. They help censor and do China's bidding. It's not even just a matter of protecting them and doing what they want, they'll go along and do the evil stuff too. Because I consider censorship, to, to go along with censorship like that, I consider that to be a form of evil. I do. And they happily go along with it. I consider praising the people that that help keep the Uyghurs in concentration camps and make slave labor, I consider that to be a form of evil. I consider it to be a form of evil when you know things are happening in your factories where you make your crappy shoes that no one even likes anyway, and you just pretend like it doesn't happen. I get that to me. I consider all those things that to be that, and it's a very black and white issue, isn't it? It's really a very black and white issue. When you think about this, doesn't it also make sense to you why the COVID lab leak theory was covered up so vigorously and quickly? And I know that there's a, a desire to think that that's because of all roads lead to Fauci and Fauci with gain of function. And I, yes, no doubt, I'm not dismissing that in any way, shape, or form, but. The fact that this virus came from a laboratory in Wuhan, China, and so quickly did the media cover it up, work on shutting it down, call it racist, and then they did something remarkable. They actually organized their own hashtag campaign to protect China, and they called it hashtag stop Asian hate. And do you know that as part of the stop Asian hate nonsense, because it was fake, the whole thing was a fugazi, was don't discuss the lab leak theory. Because that's engaging in Asian hate. I don't know how. I never understood that. To me, it's one of the biggest questions of our time. You'd say a dude goes down to a wet market, orders the 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 bat fries with the side of bat, like the bat kebab, medium rare, doesn't cook it enough, gets a virus, starts a global pandemic. That's not racist. But if you say that a scientist accidentally released a vial, although I'm not sure it's accidental, and then that started a global pandemic, totally racist thing to say. I've never understood that of you. I've never been able to figure that out. 
Because if you say a guy is just the, like the, the disgusting, filthy eating habits of the people in Wuhan, where they go over and they eat raw bats, eat the heads, rip them like the Ozzy Osbourne, they rip their heads off them and drink their blood or whatever. You can say that, you know, the, the pangolin snacks, the pangolin fries. In fact, you were supposed to say that. They wanted you. They told you to say that. And now... If you turned around and said, well, what if a scientist just maybe accidentally dropped a, la- like a vial and maybe got into his lungs and accidentally and then he walked out and then he didn't know. No, come on, why, why could you be so... Stop Asian hate. Hashtag stop Asian hate. And you go, oh, oh um, okay, but I can say that the Asian guy likes to eat bat balls. You know, like Swedish balls, like like sweaty balls. You know what I mean? That's You can say that, I guess. I don't think bats have the, the the other kind of is what I meant. You know, they little you know, you put them in chocolate, dust them up, bat balls. No, you're not making that. You're not making that this Christmas. All right, well, listen, I'm not judging. I know that if Mama Zioli were to make it, she'd put cheese on it, because a woman puts cheese on everything. That case, she cannot make a pasta dish without putting cheese on it. I'm amazed by this. Just everything. Even I go, how about how about like, let's do ziti, mom? Okay, baked ziti. No, because baked ziti has cheese, mom. See, Patrick can't do cheese, so I just try to deal with that fact. But every other option she came back with was cheese. Manicotti, it was lasagna, it was stuffed shells, it was cheese, 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 cheese. And then even stuff that doesn't require cheese, she'd find a way to put cheese on it in some way. I love my mother, but she's such an Italian mother. It's amazing to me. It really is. But, of course, that's what makes it fun, though, right? In Beijing's Tiananmen Square, the site of a brutal crackdown on pro-democracy protesters, a sign reads... In the Simpsons episode, on this site in 1989, nothing happened. And that episode, that's not available for Disney Plus subscribers in Hong Kong. Disney has not responded to requests for comment. That Simpsons episode in Hong Kong disappeared like Peng Shui. Disappeared like citizen journalist Zhang Zhan, whom the Chinese government has locked up for telling the truth about COVID-19. Disappeared like the consciences of the millionaires and billionaires in Hollywood and the NBA and the IOC and Wall Street are all so eager for Chinese cash. They are pretending none of this is happening. There is no amount of money that can buy enough soap to wash that blood off their hands. I mean, you got it. You got it. You got to give Jake Tapper some credit here, right? Do you know anybody else in the media saying this stuff on, 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 on the CNN or MSNBC or any of those places? No, 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 no. And you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. Anywhere. Finland's 36-year-old prime minister goes clubbing until 4 a.m. without her work phone, misses a text telling her to quarantine. Oh, she's a 36-year-old prime minister, Santa Marin. She heads the Finnish government. She's partying till 4 a.m. That's, I, I mean, come on. You got to admire that, right? <laughs> Just saying. Our president, 4 p.m. goes to bed. Their leader's partying till 4 a.m. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying the difference there. This this little Finnish hottie, she's out there till 4 a.m. partying it up at a club. Our president, 4 p.m., is going, give me the jello and call it a day. Put a lid on it. Well, times are different, I guess. Anyway, uh, I just saw that and I thought to myself, man, I guess if you miss that work text and you're the prime minister of Finland, don't you have to think there should be an aide around maybe holding your phone? I don't know. Just saying, throwing it out there. So <clears throat> you saw the 
the attack today on the Christmas tree outside of Fox News, right? In New York, I'm sure you saw that. Would you not agree that that could be considered a hate crime if somebody did it out of the motivation of hurting a religious symbol? Would you would you agree with that? I would. I mean, certainly if that was the motivation, and it may have just been a crazy nut who just decided to burn a tree, I'm not going to be one of those guys that rushes to judgment. But it's interesting, though, that if that was the motivation because he hates Christmas or he wants to do something to, to hurt Christians or whatever like that, well... That would be considered under New York state law a hate crime. The question is, would they actually prosecute it in New York state? I don't think so. Do you? I doubt it. Joe Biden says he's trying to work out any accommodation for Vladimir Putin not to invade Ukraine. Remember, Vlad hasn't made his mind up yet. Vlad hasn't made his mind up yet. He's thinking about it. We gave him the weekend. Take your time, Vlad. Think it over. Do a decision tree. Whenever you got a tough decision to make, whether or not to quit a job, get a new job, invade a country. They always say to use a decision tree. You put all the pros on one side, the cons on the other, and you see which outweighs the other two, and that's usually the best decision. So, for example, if you're getting a new job, you put more money, but the cons could be you have to might have to relocate. Cons could be devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Might be you know. In this case, you know, cons of invading Ukraine. Nobody's going to do anything about it. Oh, that would be a pro. Sorry for him. <laughs> One of his perspectives. The con, of course, is that Joe Biden would get very, very upset and would ding him economically. Economic sanctions. Look, I don't want war. You know that. I'm not one of those guys who's going to say that. This is where I, 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 I'm going to say what Tucker Carlson said last night. There's no reason for us to want to get involved here in this. But I just think that it's important to note that the last time Vladimir Putin was rearing his ugly head was in 2014 when Joe Biden was vice president and Barack Obama was there because they weren't afraid of him then, and they're not afraid of Joe Biden now. And now they're giving him out, trying to accommodate him, accommodate Vlad. It's a tough decision whether or not to invade a country. You got to give the guy some space. You got to give him some space. Let him go through his process. It's ridiculous, isn't it? This is how ridiculous what we're dealing with is right now. The good news is, the good news, the positive news is that thus far, our teams have been in constant contact. We hope by Friday we're going to be able to stay and announce to you that we're having meetings at a higher level, not just with us, but with at least four of our major NATO allies and Russia to discuss the future of Russia's concerns relative to NATO writ large and whether or not we can work out any accommodation as it relates to bringing down the temperature along the eastern front. Yeah, let's work out an accommodation, Vlad. Whatever you need. We want to just accommodate you, obviously, and make sure this is good for you. All right? We, you know, got to go through your process, your timeline. Everybody has their own timeline when they have to make these decisions. No doubt about it. Uh, this is interesting, too. I don't know about you, but as I think about the situation with Ukraine, and I think about just overall the weakness that is projected by the uh, the president of the United States of America, what I think about, too, a lot of times is how every single aspect of what the world is looking at right now for the United States of America is completely off the charts. But all this goes back to the Keystone XL pipeline. And there are countries around the world who are disappointed in the fact that we are now pumping less oil but they're not we're not talking about that so these countries around the world now are being forced to turn around and to pay some bad guys for the natural resources that they really really need fake conservative david brooks spoke out today fake conservative david brooks uh, is very upset with conservatism as he knows it 
He doesn't know. He doesn't recognize it anymore. Modern conservative philosophy. He doesn't like it anymore. He said, today what passes for the worldview of the right is a set of resentful animosities, a partisan attachment to Donald Trump or Tucker Carlson, a sort of mental brutalism. The rich philosophical perspective that dazzled me then has been reduced to Fox News and voter suppression, he said. First of all, a lot of people really like Donald Trump's policies. I know this is a newsflash for people that just can't see past the man himself, but the policies they really liked. And the justices on the Supreme Court, for example... This guy, me, this guy likes that a lot. I always have said, what did I say back in 2016? If you remember, if you were with me back then, and if you were, thank you. And if you're new, thank you, either way. Remember, I'm going to do this podcast as much as I possibly can. Don't get mad at me if I can't do a day. Tomorrow we're taking Claire to a play. It's going to do a little daddy day. Dad and mom day. It's a special day. No podcast. We can't do it. Got to do it. Got to do the dad thing. But my point is that back in 2016 during the election, I said, the single most important issue in this election is not whether or not Ted Cruz was insulted by what Donald Trump said about his wife. It's not whether or not Donald Trump tweets too much. It's not whether or not uh, Donald Trump um, might have said these things, the locker room talk about the grab him and the... It, no, what matters in this election is the Supreme Court. And there were a lot of people upset with me back then. And they said, you got to think bigger than that. It can't just be about that. And I said I disagree because at this moment in history, right now in this moment of time, this is what matters. In 2016, that's what mattered. And obviously keeping a corrupt crook like Hillary Clinton out of the White House obviously really mattered. But just think of the context of the Supreme Court. I always like to look at politics as what is the issue right now in front of us? Think of it like the special, the, the soup du jour. What is the soup du jour? It's a soup of the day. Hmm, I'll have that. Whatever the special is, it changes. Education is the issue right now in our politics. It was this issue in the last election, which propelled Glenn Youngkin to become governor of Virginia, and I think would have put Jack Shirley in the governor's office if he only talked about keeping schools open. But it's going to be the issue this time around, too, in a big way, along with crime. In 2016, we were facing a moment where had Hillary Clinton won the election— she would have packed that Supreme Court with liberal justices who would have reshaped America for the next 50, 75, 100 years. It would have forever changed America. You see, not only was it a situation of just having the justices, the Supreme Court's mindset at the time and with the justices that she would have put on there was to be an activist court that would shape American policy for the next 7,500 years that would think it is perfectly fine for the court to get in the policy game even more so and fundamentally transform America. That's what was at stake. It wasn't just a matter of picking conservative justices who would hopefully vote the right way on contentious cases. It was about making sure that you pave the way for people who would understand the role of the judiciary and would not weaponize it as the left would do if they were to pack the court with all their progressive justices. And don't forget, that wasn't just the Supreme Court, but that was the 200 other federal judges that were appointed all across the bench in the country. I don't know how you can be upset with Donald Trump's presidency when you hear 
as he calls, as, as David Brooks says, the, the Trumpian Republicanism plunders, degrades, and erodes institutions for the sake of personal aggrandizement. The Trumpian cause is held together by hatred of the other. I don't hate anybody. I don't. I'm not a hateful guy. But I, I do hate things like horrific Supreme Court decisions. I hate things like an activist Supreme Court. I hate things like institutions that are hijacked and and weaponized. I hate things where the executive branch has too much power. I mean, hearing Bernie Sanders and Ron uh, and Rand Paul agree on the role of the Congress, which is to declare war, was a beautiful thing for me to hear. So when I was listening to the justices that that are on the bench in the case uh, with Mississippi last week, and they're discussing this, and there's some really clear points that are being raised in this issue, and the only issues that the left the justices on the left were raising were people are not going to like us. The court's going to lose credibility. We got to do what people say. This is popular. We don't want to be unpopular. Blah, blah. That's not, to me, that's not, that's not a justification to make uh, a ruling on such a, an important Supreme Court case. But to the left, it is. So you think about that. It wasn't just a matter of getting judges on there who might vote the way you want them to. It was a matter of changing the trajectory of this country. I fully believe that if Hillary Clinton had won that election, in addition to being corrupt, she would have put on justices on there. Right now, we would be talking about justices getting involved in literally everything. Climate change, guns, and just meddling, changing, shaping policy. You know it, and I know it. That, to me, would have been the scariest thing. That would have been the scariest thing, no doubt. Here's something else, too. When I think about how weak this president looks on the world stage, and it all started the day that he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline in the White House, took out his pen, canceled Keystone XL pipeline, right now, around the world, he set in motion the very events that are leading us to discuss what Vladimir Putin might do in Ukraine. And you know what? Look, Vlad, it may not be in the cards right now for Vlad. He may change his mind. He's a fickle guy like that. His moods, you know what I mean? They go up, they go down. The moon changes his horoscope. His horoscope may say, don't invade Ukraine tonight. We don't know. It's really what's in the cards right now. The meeting with Putin, I was very straightforward. There were no minced words. It was polite, but I made it very clear. If, in fact, he invades Ukraine... There will be severe consequences, severe consequences, economic consequences like none he's ever seen or ever have been seen in terms of being imposed. He knows his immediate response was he understood that, and I indicated that I knew he would respond, but beyond that, if in fact we would probably also be required to reinforce our, our presence in NATO countries to reassure particularly those in the Eastern Front, in addition to that, I made it clear that we would provide the defensive capability to the uh, Ukrainians as well. The good news is, the good news, the positive news is that thus far our teams have been in constant contact. We hope by Friday we're going to be able to stay and announce to you that we're having meetings at a higher level, not just with us, but with at least four of our major NATO allies and Russia to discuss the future of Russia's concerns relative to NATO writ large and whether or not we can work out any accommodations as it relates to bringing down the temperature along the Eastern Front. 
Yes, in terms of in Ukraine. But it said that 10K and Democrats are about good U.S. troops be needed on the ground in or around Ukraine to stop an invasion. Will you rule that out or is that on the table? That is not on the table. What is not, a, they are not, we have a moral obligation and a legal obligation to our NATO allies if they were to attack under Article 5, it's a sacred obligation. That obligation does not extend to NATO, I mean to Ukraine, but it would depend upon what the rest of the NATO countries were willing to do as well. But the idea the United States is going to unilaterally use force to confront Russia invading Ukraine is not on the, in the cards right now. But what will happen is there will be severe consequences that will have... So are you Vladimir Putin severe. Severe consequences. I am absolutely confident. Very severe consequences. I think, for example, Vladimir Putin will lose his ability now to get a second helping of dinner when he comes to the White House someday. I do. I think he's going to be cut off. And uh, they may charge him to stay at Blair House next time. Severe consequences. What are those consequences? They're severe. They're very, very severe. Well, how severe? Really, really severe. Can you give us some ideas on how severe it is? Nope, just trust me. It's really severe. I mean, does anybody honestly believe for a moment, for a second, that that's the, that's the kind of thing that's going to intimidate Vladimir Putin as he's going around shirt, you know, guys have his shirt on, he's going on horseback. He's not afraid of this guy. He wasn't afraid of them in 2014. Why would he be afraid of him now? There, there's no way that they would. No way. Hey, I want to play this for you, by the way. This is a great montage from Grabian. As we're dealing with all this violence around the country, all this violence around the country, and I mean the grab and goes, the stop and steals, whatever the hell they call it now, Democrats justified for the longest time so much of violence as being part of social justice. And remember, too, the, the concept right now of, hey, is it crime or is it is it looting? Is that social justice or not social justice? This is what the left was saying for a very long period of time. All right. A very long period of time. And they believed and they I think they still do believe this. The difference, though, of course, is that when violence happens and they believe in the cause, they will call it social justice. And then if you criticize that, you're actually now being a racist. And if you criticize people stealing, for example, going to stores and and all these the, the, the stealing that's happening right now, and they're going in, they're stealing all this stuff. But if that's under looting, then you're also racist for criticizing it. Got it? I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kill. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murderers. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. 
Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? That's it right there, pulling up. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Crazy, right? But is it that crazy? I mean, not that crazy, is it? Uh, let me ask you this question. All right, I have a big question to ask you. First, let me let me let me let me just do this real quick. Ready? Nope. Oh, hang on. Yes. There we go. Let's do this. Here we go. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli podcast. Will you require your holiday guests to show proof they're vaccinated? That's the latest idea by Asanto Fauci for your. Christmas dinner to show proof of vaccination at your house. You believe this, how stupid we are getting right now? You have to show proof. Of, will you do this? Let's try this here. This is this is Fauci's latest brain idea. I'm hearing from so many vaccinated people who feel as if, you know, there may be some personal rewards for getting vaccinated, but they still face all these restrictions and measures. Well, yes, that is just the reality of the situation. I mean, one thing that vaccinated people can feel comfortable, for example, let's take the holiday setting. You're with your family. You have grandparents and parents and children. When you get vaccinated and you have a vaccinated group and you are in an indoor setting, you can enjoy, as we have traditionally over the years, dinners and gatherings within the home with people who are vaccinated. And that's the reason why people should, if they invite people over their home, essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated. Show evidence that they are vaccinated. Let me see your ID. Grandma, show me your vaccine card. Hey, cousin Johnny, let me see that vaccine card, bub. Uh, looks like a fugazi to me. I think that's a fake. I think you're fugazi in it. I don't believe that. By the way, that may be my way out. You know what I mean? That may be my way out is, is, is to require people show proof of vaccination. And then I, I, I just call them out and go, nah, it's not a real, that's not a real vaccination card. Who are you kidding? Huh? Come on. Maybe I'll try that. I could try that. Maybe I'll do that. That could be good. I could try that. Uh, finally, let me leave you with this. Small business owner in Oakland, California, robbed on back-to-back -back nights. It's such a heartbreaking situation in this country, what's happening right now, isn't it? But again, this is woke prosecutors who have enabled the situation for this to occur by creating an environment where this is tolerated literally through things like bail reform and decisions not to prosecute people. 
This is what they have created. You reap what you sow. And they have. this is what they've sown. And this is what, unfortunately, now America is reaping with their failed progressive nonsense criminal justice reform, which is not criminal justice reform. It's criminal release is what it is. Yeah, those thieves first struck early Monday morning cleaning out the Presto Canna Cannabis Delivery Service out of thousands of dollars. But they weren't done there. They came back today and it was all caught on camera. Just in shock, really, that they had the audacity to come back again. Lawrence Webb, who owns this marijuana delivery service in Oakland's Fruitvale neighborhood, down close to $50,000 after back-to-back burglaries. They parked up right across the street up here, and then you can see them all converging on the place over here. You know, three of them had handguns. It happened early Monday morning, just after 3 a.m. In a matter of minutes, the group prying open a gate door with crowbars, killing the power and prying yet another door open to Webb's business, making off with anywhere from eighths to ounces and, um, you know, pre-rolls, concentrates, wiped out all the fridges. And ripping open the door to his safe, the group also grabbing pricey equipment from Webb's car detailing business and leaving their crowbars behind. It definitely was frustrating to know that people called the cops and my alarm was going off and pay for monitoring and all these things. And, you know, but unless you get someone to come help you out, that doesn't, you know, all the alarms in the world don't, don't matter. Police responding to a priority one violent call at the time. And by the time officers arrived, the thieves were gone. They're frustrated, too. They want to be able to be more places and do more things, but there's just not enough of them. Webb arrived Monday morning to find his business in shambles, convinced his situation couldn't get any worse. I assume that just with the metal bar and the barrier that the police put up, no one's going to be coming in. But he was wrong. Sure enough, at midnight last night, they came back. You know, it's one of the guys you can tell by the way he walks from the first video. Breaking back in and spending nearly two hours coming and going from the building. At one point, the man's mask falling down enough to get a good look at his face. The thief cleaning out what was left of Webb's remaining valuable product, even taking some of his paintings. It hurts because I, you know, um, put everything we had in buying this building and applying for licensing and it took nine months to just build this place out it's hard watching it all you know disappear in the matter of minutes yeah it is how about that the dopey thief his mask fell down idiots wearing a, <laughs> a cloth mask wait a minute, where are you getting covid while you're shoplifting boy they always say criminals are stupid are they not have a great day thank you for listening really appreciate it